This is The Playbook. Welcome, everyone. We are just getting started. I want to thank you. It's BYOQ. Load up the questions, everyone. Email me if you don't get your question answered. David at dmeltzer.com. We're fired up here from Sherman College. We're doing a commencement speech here today. Uh, don't forget to join us at VCon, at Collision. we got so many great things coming on Office Hours, Two Minute Drill. Please just email me if you want to participate in any way. David at dmeltzer.com. Welcome, everyone. Load up the questions. Let me go ahead and pin this up right here. Thank you. I love it. Yes, we got tons of questions here online. I want to thank everybody for loading us up with so many great ones. We're going to start here with what are some habits that every entrepreneur should have? And the number one habit is the daily practices. You need to create your own daily practices. Uh, You have to create a habit machine. Get out in front of your habits. Know that behaviors have the same characteristics of money, of time, of space. It is an energy that aggregates, compounds, and accelerates. You got to get out in front of your habit by creating a habit machine. And in order to create a habit machine, a machine that you could say, hey, I want to lose weight. Boom, right in the habit machine. Hey, I want to get stronger. Boom, I want to make more money, help more people, have more fun. Boom, 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 right into the habit machine. And what creates a habit machine is a daily practice routine based off of values and an execution model on the back end. And I encourage everyone uh, to create their own. I have my five daily practices, my habit machine. I will send it to you as a template. Go ahead, email me. I'll be happy to give you so you can create your own habit machine. The greatest habit that an entrepreneur or anyone should have is to create a habit machine first. So then you can just effectuate, according to your values, any habit that you want in your life to aggregate, exponentially give you outcomes and accelerate those outcomes so they happen faster. Uh, What a great way. What a great start. Uh, uh, Great question, by the way. Everyone, if you'd like that habit machine, just email me, david at dmeltzer.com. All right, Jake, do you have anyone that has a question up or should I take another one? We are overloaded. Uh, We are over 81,000 people registered for training, by the way, on every platform. We're the only one that simulcasts via what I call the Sanford and Sun SaaS solution that I've created. So we are on every platform, Breakfast of Champions being amplified over the entire world on every platform you can catch us. You just got to register. Go ahead, Jake. What's up next? So my question is, you are actually helping a lot of people and you also say you are made by the people who say no to you, which is something that you don't usually do. So how do you combine those two for people to become who they desire to become? Yeah, well, you're made by the people that say no to you. I always say how. Right. So my answer is how, but you're made by the people that say no to you because it's the pre-qualifier of a closed mind. And remember, everybody has a closed mind some of the time, just like everyone has an open mind some of the time. So I institute a three no rule because I'm made by the people that say no to me. Why is that? Because 
if someone says no to me, one, I know they have a closed mind, which means I will not be utilizing my time in an efficient, effective way. But I will use three no's to keep on coming back because if I can find an open mind, even with someone who has a closed mind the majority of the time, exponentially, I'll be more successful because people with a closed mind the uh, majority of the time don't have as many options, opportunities, and touches of favor as someone like me that's a how person who has a completely open mind and only once in a while because of time, emotion, or value do I have a closed mind. But on the third no, this is why you're made by the people that say no to you. When you use a three no rule and someone gives you a no for the third time, uh, then you can simply say, hey, obviously this isn't the right time. When it is, let me know. About 50% of the time, you'll never hear from that person again. Do you realize how much time you have saved? How much statistical success you will have because the people who have told you no make you? And the other 50%, by the way, accelerate to move forward with you. Doesn't mean they're going to say yes. Now, one of the other nuances that I've learned with the three no rule and with people being afraid of no or lying to themselves uh, in a certain circumstance, especially with activity they get paid for, is they think that the size of the deal matters. So they think that they should keep on pushing if a deal's bigger and keep wasting their time, even though it's a closed mind. And they keep lying to themselves because it's a bigger deal than the other deals. I'm sorry to say, for you gentlemen especially, size does not matter. A no is a no, regardless of size. And so what you want to do is utilize in a disciplined manner the three no rule because you know that a closed mind, it takes a thousand times or more the energy, time, emotion, and value to overcome or re-engineer a closed mind. So you are made, Gigi, by the people that say no to you. I encourage people to have an open mind and to say how and then prioritize all the options, opportunities, and touches of favor according to the how. Utilizing lenses of productivity, accessibility, and gratitude in order to effectuate that prioritization of what's important to you. What a great question to lead off. In person here on the Breakfast of Champions, I'm going to hand it back off to Jakey of the Bakey. Let's keep moderating. We got lots of questions all over the place. So, Jake, you guide me. I'm going to let you be the Magellan of Breakfast of Champions today. All right. I love it. Let's, uh, Dave, let's take a question online. If you want to take a question online, then we'll bring up Jesse here on Clubhouse. You got it. So, next question. How do you empower yourself to wake up with the right mindset every day? Uh, well, first of all, most people live in nothingness. They live in nothingness. They live like tubes, food in, food out. And the reason they do is because they don't know what they want each day in a trajectory aiming towards pursuing their potential of what they think they want. And they don't look backwards to give the lessons their due uh, power and empowerment to their life. They give the wrong meanings to the failures, setbacks, pain, mistakes, void, shortage, obstacles, even successes of their past. And so as you empower yourself to wake up not being a tube, 
living your life food in, food out, but instead trying to plateau every morning to create a new baseline that you can use as an indicator when you're interfering with your potential, knowing that your higher self is where you want to awake. And the only way I know to plateau and grow, to create a higher baseline every single day, to create the aggregation, compounding, and acceleration you want in the trajectory or pursuit of your potential. The only way that I know is to put your mind, your body, and soul in a position to recover and to access the information necessary for the next day. And the best way that I have found, besides having a coach to help me do that, is to have my own unwinding routine. So I unwind every night. I always say my tomorrow starts today. My plateau and grow starts today at 9 p.m., giving myself two hours to unwind at the max so that I know at minimum I will have five hours of sleep and at maximum I'll have seven hours of sleep because if I do this correctly, I will pass out in a position of recovery and access. I will wake up in the morning a higher self a new high baseline of potential to use as a uh, indicator when interference is occurring in my life that I'm going below that line into blame, shame, justification, into fear, fear of the past and guilt and resentment, fear of the future and anxiety and worry. I utilize the plateau and grow as a possibility to my next day that will lead to a probability into my perspective. If you don't have an unwinding routine, if you don't pay attention and give intention to your sleep, you will live Camus the Stranger. You'll live the myth of Sisyphus. You will roll every morning and wake up more tired than when you went to bed, which is as silly as going out to eat and leaving hungry. It's crazy. If you want to plateau and grow, you need to unwind, put yourself your mind, body, and soul in a position to recover and access that information so that when you wake up, you are a higher self, a better self, and you are ready to rock and roll and to pursue your potential. Get above the line, have an unwinding routine, get a coach that can help you put your mind, body, and soul in that position, and you will aggregate, accelerate, and compound your potential, I promise you. What another great question. We're on a roll, Jake. Let's keep it rocking and rolling. Let's keep it rocking and rolling. Let's bring up Jesse here on Clubhouse. Jesse, if you want to unmute yourself and ask David your question, welcome. Hi, Jake. Hi, David. Hi, everyone. Hi. Hi, I'm prepared this time. Don't worry. So, <laughs> worries a wasted emotion and a duplicative and negative. So worries a wasted emotion. If you worry, not only are you interfering with your potential, but you're wishing for what you don't want. So I'm not worried. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> so my question is, so I've been at my current job for almost two years now, and I'm sort of at that point where I'm opening myself up to other opportunities. Um, how do I... Like, look for a job that's going to help me grow and challenge me without, A, applying to a job I'm not really qualified for, and B, not feeling like I have what it takes because I want to learn, I want to grow, but I'm also <laughs> kind of intimidated by, you know, the requirements and experience, qualifications, etc. Wow, what a great question. So... I it's funny because in, you know, this is a generalization, but 
I have three daughters and one son. Uh, I grew up with five boys and one girl. Uh, I have tons of employees, men and women. I have tons of interns, men and women, tons of executive president of my company. The woman CEO of my company is a man. And guess what I see as a differentiator generally is that for whatever reason, women are intimidated by requirements. You know, if I show the same requirements for an opportunity to uh, generally to a man, they'll go ahead and figure out a way to align their skills, knowledge and desire to those requirements. If it says, you know, four years of litigation experience necessary, they'll say, well, you know, I was in moot court in law school for two years. That's litigation experience. And, you know, I was in this program. That's the litigation. And they'll go ahead and apply, knowing that you never can overachieve your own self-image. And so what I want you to do and wh where uh, a lot of women like you, including my daughters, look at what course like I apply because you need five years of this or you need to know how to do this. No, apply, right? Find out who there makes the decisions. Find out how your skills, your knowledge and your desire are aligned with synergistic to supplementary to the company's objectives. Be more interested than interesting. Don't limit yourself. You are qualified. You need to go back, look within, and take value. Take stock in who you are, your essence. Take stock in the skills that you have, the knowledge of not only what but who, and the desires that you have, and start aligning it with the opportunities that you see, and don't look at the requirements. I will tell you a little inside secret as an executive. I don't even know what the uh, advertisements and listings say for different positions within my company. I have no idea what requirements are listed. I'm looking for that confidence. I'm looking for that charisma. I'm looking for someone that has intuition, intellect, and inspiration. And those are, you know, not even uh, close to, uh, not even close to the requirement uh, of the other things that are listed out, whether you know Excel or Word or well, I don't even know what else they, they list out. But more importantly, everyone out there, your essence, your frequency, your vibration is created by knowing your skills, your knowledge, and your desire. Don't pay attention to limitations. Don't pay attention to defined labels, judgments, and conditions. Pay attention to what you know, the value that you can bring. And so if you apply your why and apply your skills, knowledge, and desire to any opportunity, I promise you, you'll have greater statistical success. And those opportunities that don't come your way, remember, it's not rejection, it's promotion. It's not punishment, it's protection. You uh, are part and parcel to a unified, abundant system of thought that's protecting and promoting you, especially in a job search. Be confident. Utilize your intellect, your intuition, and your inspiration to find the biggest and best opportunity, regardless of the responsibilities uh, that, or qualifications that they list out. Does that sound fair? Yes, that does. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. You can do it. Thank you. I love it. You never know, man. Just one, one little change in the meaning, and all of a sudden you get the biggest opportunity of your life. And I know Jesse has one coming her way. Jakey Bakey, speaking of biggest blessings in your life, you are one of the biggest blessings in my life. We're here at Sherman College, going to do a commencement speech right after this. So I'm going to have a quick close and run out uh, to the car to get 
get to that speech. So go ahead. Reset the room, Baker. Let's make it happen. Let's make it happen. Quickly resetting the room. Welcome, everybody. It is 6, 18 a.m. Pacific time, 9, 18 a.m. Eastern time here. Dave is in Spartanburg, South Carolina. He's giving a keynote today. Welcome, everybody. This is the uh, BYOQ. Bring your question. David has the answers for you. Free Friday training that Dave's been doing for over 23 years. If anyone has a question that they'd like to ask, feel free to just raise your hand here on Clubhouse or back channel me and we will bring you up to ask your question. Let's also take a second here to share the room on the Breakfast of Champions. You can do that at the bottom. There's a square with an arrow. If you push that, you can share the room on all your favorite social media platforms. Of course, you're on Clubhouse and your text messages. So let's continue to share the room here for this BYOQ with David Meltzer. So Dave, next up, let's take a question on TikTok. I can ask it for you or for Dante. The question is, hi, I'm a recent college graduate. What's the best way to stand out in the interview process to get hired? Um, well, first of all, the best way to stand out is to get yourself out of the long stack. You got to get yourself into the short stack uh, to get hired. And in order to do that, you have to take the extra steps in order to reach out, not just send a resume, right? You have to be more interested than interesting. Go ahead and show up, uh, send a written letter, uh, ask who is involved in the hiring process, look and see what types of extracurricular activities they have, volunteer for the charities that they're involved with, see if you can't stop by certain places that they may be speaking, whatever it is, you want to take the extra step, the extra initiative to get into the short stack. Look at LinkedIn, see who they're connected with, see if you can get a personal recommendation, see how you can get out of the big stack and put into the little stack. If you do that on various uh, uh, opportunities, you will have more options, opportunities and touches of favor when you are looking for that distinction of the unbelievable opportunities that exist today. You got to get out of the big stack. That's your primary goal when you're applying. And then once you get into the short stack, now you're able to align the skills, knowledge, and desire, articulating a quantitative value of what you're going to bring to the company to exceed what you're asking for in that opportunity. So the main objective, the sole objective, I would say at first, is to get out of the short stack. I would get out of the big stack and get put into the short stack of resumes. I want to do whatever you say you want me to do. So that's not a problem at all. Uh, <laughs> this is a, a question. It says, the currency of this world is money. The currency of the universe is faith. All right. So um, I love this quote, by the way. First of all, what is currency? Uh, a current is something that moves in the flow. Currency is an object that moves in the flow. And so energy, money is an object of energy that you put into the flow. And money is the currency of this vibration of the earth. Money is the currency that allows us to shop. And if we shop and put that money into movement for the right things, for the right reasons, it will aggregate, it will accelerate and compound and grow. And you'll have more money to help more people and have more fun. 
But in order to effectuate the greatest flow, the greatest inflow, the greatest influence, not the greatest influence, spreading disease, but instead creating ease with the currency of money and energy that aggregates, compounds, and accelerates, you have to have the second currency of the universe, an ultimate energy, an ultimate truth, an ultimate abundant infinite system of thought called faith. And the cornerstone of everything that I do in faith is based off of one simple belief that I can't prove. One simple belief that you can't prove, but it works for me and it works for so many millions of people. And that faith says, there's something bigger than me that knows everything that loves me more than my mom. I'm going to repeat that. There's something bigger than me that knows everything and is all powerful and loves me more than my mom. Now, can I prove that? Not a chance. Can you disprove that? Not a chance. Then why do I believe that with such fervent belief? Why do I believe that with such fervent faith? Faith being the currency, the object in the flow in which the universe relies on and supplies us with. Why? Because it's the best option. It is literally the best option as a foundational principle of faith, hope, joy, and peace is that there's something bigger than me that knows everything and is all powerful and loves me more than my mom. If somebody can come up with a better option than that, then let me know. I'm all for it. I'm all for the best options that are best for me to protect and promote me, to accelerate to aggregate, to compound me in the trajectory aiming me towards or pursuit of my potential, my highest self, my true self, my richest, wealthiest, happiest, worthiest, healthiest self. I want everyone to find their faith, their currency, and use it every day and then utilize that as a fuel for the currency of this world, money, an object of energy that you put into flow to get and shop for what you want for the right reasons. And guess what? If you do so, you'll make more money, help more people, and have more fun. Use both currencies in conjunction with one another to live in a unified, abundant, infinite system of thought that protects and promote you in every single activity that you have each day. Activity you get paid for, activity you don't get paid for, activity you have planned, activities you don't have planned, and even your sleep to plateau and grow. Speaking of plateauing and growing, that is my boy Jake. He is plateauing and growing every day, learning and loving and finding the light. Thank you so much for taking the time, Jake. Early every Friday, we've been doing this for over 23 years, almost as long as you've been around. Uh, and it's just taken and been taken to the next level with people like you and the group of Breakfast of Champions every Friday that we've inherited and now have uh, energetically and genetically tied ourselves to each and every Friday. Uh, Jake, go ahead, reset the room and uh, tell me where to go. Thank you, Dave. Yes, resetting the room here. And yes, it really is an amazing room here in the Breakfast with Champions. I think uh, your stunt double, I wish he was here right now to, to chime in. Hopefully he'll, he'll join at some point today. But this is the uh, quickly resetting the room. This is the Breakfast with Champions. Welcome, everybody. Today's topic uh, for David Meltzer's one hour here of free Friday training is BYOQ. So you bring your questions, Dave will bring the answer. If you have a question that you'd like to ask, just feel free to raise your hand or back channel me and we will aim to bring you up. Also, 
If you have a chance to ask your question today, you can email David. I'm sure he's happy to answer it. His email is david at dmelter.com. David at dmelter.com. So let's get the let's keep it going here. Let's bring up a question on Clubhouse. Uh, Sarah Bronson is here. Sarah, if you want to unmute yourself and ask your question, welcome. Good morning, Jake, and good morning, David. Thank you so much for everything that you do. Every time I listen to you talk, I learn something new, and I'm grateful for all of that. And I'm in love with the five daily practices. And one of the things that keeps popping up for me is um, how, what advice and wisdom can you share for how do you stay clear about what it is that you truly want and then stay focused on it when things pop up that pull you in different directions. But how do you get really clear on what it is you really, really want? Well, I use time. Uh, Time is the dependent variable to keep my attention and intention aligned with the coincidences, consequences, and karma that I want each day, which will aggregate, compound, and accelerate towards or pursuit of what I want. Uh, in the long run or better. And so what I mean by that is that if I'm very clear that time is only relevant in today, uh, because that's where the man-made construct of time is effectuated, not in the past, past is infinite. We can all close our eyes and think about going back a hundred million years, or we can all close our eyes and go in the future a hundred million years. But today is limited by 24 hours, the man-made constructive time. So working in the context of daily practices, I know that I would work and use as a dependent variable the idea of a day. A day is 24 hours. And so in order to stay in line with the attention, the focus that I'm giving to my day and the intention of doing everything in alignment with where I think I want to be, saying thing in alignment with what I want to think I want to be, thinking everything in alignment where I think I want to be, believing everything in alignment and feeling it each day, living in intellect, intuition and inspiration I use those five daily practices to get the consequences, karma, coincidences I want each day in a trajectory of what I think I want. If you are losing focus and you are not prioritizing correctly with activities you don't have planned or re-engineering the prioritization during your day, then use time uh, and be a student, study your time in your calendar to make sure that you're giving your non-negotiables for me, of course, my health, my family, the activity I get paid for, adequate time, a minimum amount of time each day, and then utilize the five daily practice to prioritize what's important to you. So for example, if I have my day set with what I think I want today, say, do, believe, and feel, who I can help, who can help me, and how I'm gonna get it done with the activity I planned, I have activity I don't have planned in my calendar, the white space, the empty space, the missing activities, and my sleep. When something occurs, what I call God laughing at me, when I make this beautiful plan for my day and something happens that I didn't have planned, God laughs at me and says, oh yeah, Mr. Smarty Pants, you think you're in control? Let me just remind you, remember, and recollect that you are connected to and through something much bigger than you, something that knows everything and is all powerful and loves you and is gonna protect and promote you by giving you better than what you planned. And I'm going to 
teach you through the lessons of giving you things that you don't have plans. So therefore, I have a system now to stay focused, to have my attention and intention remain aligned with the pursuit of my potential. And so how do I do that? I go ahead and as things happen that are unplanned, like a flat tire cancel, uh, I go ahead and study my calendar and say, whoops, I have a phone call right now, but my tire is flat. And I have a meeting to get to in 10 minutes. And I have after that this to do. And so all of a sudden I say, well, first of all, let's make the call to get the tire fixed because I'm not that guy. So I have a AAA card. And I make that call. Then I quickly make the other call that was planned. And then I also uh, send a text message or call or text some of my people to go ahead and reschedule the meeting because I'm going to be late. And so I will either put that meeting uh, because the tire becomes a priority because in order to effectuate the rest of my day, I need to not stand on the side of the road with a flat tire. And then I move that into the white space or blank space of my calendar unless there's more important things to do that day than I'm just reprioritizing at all times. If number one, you don't know what's important to you, you won't be able to prioritize if you haven't been a student in your calendar from the start of the day and left the world of nothingness into what you want, who you can help, who can help you, and utilizing that study of time as a productivity, accessibility, and gratitude kaleidoscope, three different lenses of all activities in my day. How can I be most productive? Who? <clears throat> how can I be most accessible, meaning accessible to others and access what I want? And how can I be most gracious with the dependent variable of each day. A day is 24 hours. The dependent variable of each day is time. Time's the dependent variable of all my activity and all matter in my life because it is both subjective and objective uh, quantifi quantifier of each of those circumstances. Utilize time and you will be able to prioritize and stay focused giving attention plus giving attention to the coincidences, consequences, and karma that you want in your life. Does that sound fair, Sarah? It does. And can I ask one quick follow Sure. Question? Yeah, please. Do you have a tool or a process for taking everything that you just shared and mapping it out into the bigger calendar for where do I want to be in 12 months or mapping out that big project or going after that big to do? Um, do you have any recommendations around that? Yeah, this is one of the biggest counterintuitive uh, conflictual ideas that exists that takes years to allow people to understand. Uh, and it's because the terminology and the vernacular that surrounds it is misleading. Um, and there's several words that mislead us uh, on different paths that are so important. We talk about detaching from an outcome. And when we talk about detaching from an outcome, we immediately say we don't have any mid or long-term goals, objectives. We don't want big deals or whatever. Um, it just illustrates, you know, how long it takes for people to truly understand the idea of what I want today in a trajectory of what I think I want in the future, short-term, mid-term, and long-term, uh, and be able to go ahead and, uh, be ferocious during the day, utilizing your free will 
to pursue your potential of what you think you want, but keep an open, detached mind from the outcome that what you want is not what you want, it's what you want or better regarding that currency of faith that you're being protected and promoted. So too many people uh, hang on to these, well, I got to close this deal by this time, or I need this to be here by this time. And no, each day you're aiming towards being the world's greatest blank. Each day you're aiming to double the amount of money you make as fast as you can, help as many people as fast as you can, or have as much fun each day that you can enjoying the consistent, persistent pursuit of your potential. So my suggestion, and I have uh, exercises for you of detachment, the counterintuitive conflictual nature of detachment that we, I have so many objectives each day in the short term, long term and midterm for how I prioritize the productivity, accessibility and gratitude of my day. But when COVID hit, I changed my objectives, but I still kept the fervent, ferocious, unbelievably efficient, effective, and statistically successful activities of the day. They just had a new trajectory because of things that I couldn't control. And when we try to take control of the future, it creates anxiety and worry. And if we try to take control of the future, we feel resentful and guilty of our past because we are not in control. We are part and parcel of a system that's unified and abundant, and we're protected and promoted in that system by something much bigger than us, an all-powerful, all-knowing source that loves us more than our mom. So please keep practicing detachment, and you can still have all those wonderful objectives, goals, milestones, aspirations, inspirations for the future, but they're not going to do you any good unless you make a plan using daily practices today to how can you progress towards those things or better today. Uh, and I know it's a difficult thing. You're not the only one out there that I coach and mentor that has a difficult time understanding uh, the nuance and reconciliation between surrendering and being ferocious. And that's why I've created the, the idea of a ferocious Buddha, because that's the best way I can explain how you can be what you want to be and keep that desire to be what you must be, have goals, objectives, outcomes that you want, but without attaching your emotions to them.